Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Luke's English Podcast is made possible thanks to support from my listeners in the form of donations and from my sponsors, whose services I recommend to you at the beginning of episodes. My main sponsor is italki, and if you're looking for a one-to-one teacher or a conversation partner, you can find one easily using italki. They have teachers and native speakers from the UK who can help you with speaking skills, grammar, pronunciation, exam or interview preparation. The choice is yours. It's very convenient because you can have lessons at home. You talk to your teacher uh, like it's a Skype call. And let's face it, this is the new way to connect with people and get regular speaking practice into your life. Italki are offering my listeners a free lesson. To get that offer, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an Italki logo on my website. So here's a new episode. Hello. I was away for a little while, although I've been adding some bits and pieces into the LEP app over the last week or so, mainly filling it up with the archive of phrasal verb episodes. So app users, you might have noticed uh, bits and pieces uh, arriving in the app there. But I've been away for a while and I'm back now. And here is a new full episode of the podcast. This one begins with a poem and some rambling and then a question from a listener, which is about pronunciation. And that leads to the main content, the meat of the episode, which is all about when native speakers disagree about the pronunciation of certain words in English and they get very irritated with each other. Uh, What are those words that cause such frustration? Well, listen on to find out. There's a song in the middle of the episode too and a comedy sketch at the end, all explained and clarified by me. You're welcome. So now let's get started properly. And here is the jingle. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode number 524 of this podcast for learners of English. And you know what? I'm going to start this one with a poem that I've just written. That's right, a poem. Oh, wonderful. Uh, But before you get your expectations up, because I know that's what's happening, of course, you're going, oh, a poem, wonderful. What kind of incredible display of linguistic gymnastics are we going to witness here? Is this going to be like a sonnet, like a Shakespearean sonnet or something? Anyone who's heard my so-called poetry before will know that I'm no Bill Shakespeare, okay? Um, I mean, I'm calling it a poem. You might as well call it some kind of terrible word disaster. But anyway, here is my work of genius to kick off this episode, and it's going to start now. Here's a new episode, one, two, three. I've got no idea how long this will be. It could be one or two episodes. Let's see. I suggest you make a nice cup of tea. Put your feet up on the settee. Get your headphones on your head, and when you're ready... Uh, You can focus your attention like it's a master's degree or simply drift off and relax 
like you're floating on the sea. The main thing for me is that you listen carefully and enjoy this episode of Luke's English Podcast, which is completely free. So, moving on, this is what's coming up in this episode. You can expect a rambling monologue from me, which is recorded and presented for you to listen to as part of your ongoing mission to improve your English based on the principle that listening regularly and for longer periods is a good way to learn the language, pick up vocabulary, become more familiar with features of pronunciation, develop your instinct for correct grammar and natural English usage, while maintaining a strong connection to English as a living and breathing communicative force, which exists within us and without us, through us and between us, binding the galaxy together across borders, distinctions, barriers, obstacles, and through various dimensions of time and space, leading to rising levels of value, status, and quality in diverse and mutually beneficial ways. So basically... Listening to this is good for your English, and that helps you to communicate with people from different countries, and and that's good. Right then, so here's an overview of the things that I would like to cover in this episode, which might become several episodes, in fact, depending on how long this all takes. So, an overview of what's coming up. So, tricky pronunciation debates meaning arguments about words that people seem to pronounce differently, and also words that people just pronounce wrong. And I mean native speakers, actually. So, you know, people often have arguments about pronunciation and get very frustrated about other people's pronunciation. And that's among native speakers or between native speakers. Um, among and between. I know what you're... Th- there's bound to be someone out there at this point going, Luke, teacher, please tell me what is the difference between among and between. What's the difference between among and between? I'll come back to that. I've just added that to the list. Um, anyway. Tricky pronunciation debates. Also, some podcast corrections, which is basically some comments from listeners uh, with a few corrections to some of the things I've said on the podcast uh, in recent weeks. A useful Japanese cat, which sounds interesting, doesn't it? A useful Japanese cat. Yes, that's coming up in this episode. Uh, The odd meaning of the phrase, yeah, right. How to actually answer the question, how are you or how are you doing? Doing impressions of accents from different countries and whether this is acceptable or even considered racist in some cases. For example, I can copy the accent of a Cockney. All right, mate, I'm a Cockney. Apples and pears, I can do that. I can copy the accent of an American guy. Hi, I'm an American guy. My name's Todd. But can I copy the accent of an Indian or Nigerian person? Ooh, it's all a bit of a cultural minefield. Let's investigate. And... The benefits of repeat listens, meaning listening to episodes of this podcast more than once. The benefits of those things. Uh, what does the word podcast actually mean? Uh, why you need to take extra care while listening to Luke's English podcast. The phrase, don't be shy, give it a try. And maybe some more comments about this and that, depending on the time available. And this is all based on comments and questions that I've had from listeners through various channels uh recently and in some cases not so recently but anyway all comments and questions i've received from listeners and well i said i was going to talk about among and between so let's let's deal with that first before we deal with anything else among and between so uh, they're both prepositions we use between and among to describe uh, a position 
and between is when you're talking about um, a position which is in the middle of two things. For example, between the sea and the mountains. Uh, the house is between the sea and the mountains. You see two things, the sea and the mountains, and the house is in the middle. Okay, And among is when it's more than two. For example, you've got loads of trees around, and you can be among the trees, you see. All right. Um, I've just had a look on the Cambridge Dictionary website, and the examples of between are uh, our holiday house is between the mountains and the sea. The mountains are on one side, and the sea is on the other. The ancient fountain was hidden among the trees, meaning surrounded by the trees. All right. That To keep it simple, there you go. I said between people. You can say between people, but usually you mean two people, between you and me, between us, between two people. And among people would be if, if it's sort of in a position or moving around, um, uh, sort of uh, surrounded by numerous people or, or moving from one person to the next person to the next person with many people. You see, that's among people. For example, um, if you go to a party and you've got a drink in your hand and there's lots of people standing around, you might move around among the people, mingling among the people, mingling. M-I-N-G-L-I-N-G, mingling among the people, moving around, uh, meeting different people and um, saying hello to them and socialising. That's, um, you know, moving among uh, different people at a party, mingling. And then between uh, two people, yeah, just between, it's just two people. Okay, that was an unexpected little question there, uh, which just came out of nowhere. I just thought there's bound to be someone who wants to know the difference between among and between. Um, I'm linking the Cambridge Dictionary uh, page here onto the show notes so that if you are the sort of person who wants to read that, you can. It's available there for you. Anyway, now, that was unexpected, but let's carry on. Before we go any further, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you that I'm in the running for the British Podcast Awards Listener's Choice Award again this year. Do you remember last year um, I was sort of involved in that and i was asking people to vote for luke's english podcast in the british podcast awards well it's happening again this year someone informed me on twitter recently that they found my podcast listed on the british podcast awards page so okay then this is where i implore you to vote for me in the award and now i've got an army of ninjas out there in podcast land ready primed to do my bidding I've got tens of thousands of you, as far as I can tell. Yeah, tens of thousands of people, I think. Uh, Although I only ever hear from a tiny slice of that audience. A small percentage of you actually kind of um, show your faces, as it were. Not literally show your faces, but um, a small percentage of you actually come out of the woodwork from time to time to visit the website, leave messages, leave iTunes reviews, actually get in contact with me, download the LEP app, join the mailing list and all that sort of thing. It's just generally a small percentage. But if I could just mobilise you, all of you, and turn you into an international army or something, then I could take over the world. I could take over the world, assuming that you're all capable people. I mean, just because I've got, uh, you know, quite a lot of people out there, it doesn't mean that you would be an effective army. Who knows? I mean, you're probably just good at sort of uh, eating cake and listening to things. So you might not be an effective fighting force. But anyway, the thing is, I don't want to take over the world. I mean, that's just an example. I don't I have no um, intention of uh, taking over the world by force or anything like that. 
What I what I want to do is make podcasts, help you learn English, make you laugh on the bus sometimes, tell you stories, talk to guests, pay the bills, raise my family, put food on the table, and win the Listener's Choice Award at the British Podcast Awards. Now, last year, we got close. I'm saying we, I'm including you in, like, Team LEP. Yeah, okay, let's do that. We got close. We got into the top three. Uh, yeah, we got into the top three. You did me proud. The the, the the Lepsters did me proud. And Team LEP got this podcast into third place in the British Podcast Awards Listener's Choice category. Third place, the bronze medal position, which was amazing. And it's thanks to the legions of Lepsters who came out of the woodwork and voted for the podcast. And yes, I actually got into the top three. Uh, I know I was in bronze position because the British Podcast Awards tweeted about it on the awards night when the result was announced. And I have a screenshot of the tweet and it shows gold, silver and bronze. And there's Luke's English Podcast in bronze position. I've got, I've still got a screenshot shot of that tweet. And now, ever since then, they've never actually said in any other correspondence or on any other page of their website, they've never said since then that um, that Luke's English podcast won the bronze medal. Just that single tweet. And then after that, they kind of like, oh, actually, I think we'll just do the winner and like a big group of runners up. And I was just included in that big group. Yeah. So I've, I've always just been put into the runners up category with loads of other podcasts. Uh, rather than being given the uh, the status of uh, a bronze medal winner. So I don't know why they sort of dropped my bronze medal status. Maybe they wanted to promote the other podcasts who they put in the runners-up category, which is totally understandable because that's ultimately the aim of the British Podcast Awards. It's to promote, you know, podcasts in general. And so they chose to go, in the end, they chose to go for the winner and then lots of other uh, notable runners-up who they want to promote. And I was included in that in that group. But anyway, I was very proud to be a runner-up, especially considering the other podcasts that were also runners-up, and and especially, especially the winning podcast, which is my favourite podcast, which is Mark Kermode and Simon Mayo's Film Review, produced by the BBC. That was the winning one. And I can't believe that I kind of uh, came, you know, anywhere near that one. So that was brilliant. Anyway, let's see if we can do it again. So, Lepsters of the world, unite and take to your computers and mobile devices. Um, please go to britishpodcastawards.com slash vote and search for Luke's English Podcast. You'll just see there's a little search bar. Just type in Luke's English Podcast and click on it and then fill in the details. Submit your vote. Voting closes on the 17th of May 2018. So we've got two weeks to kick this one into overdrive We've got two weeks to kick this one in the uh, insert body part here. We're going to kick this one in the leg. Okay? That doesn't sound good, does it? We're going to kick this one in the ass. No. We're not, okay, we don't need to kick anything anywhere. What I'd like you to do is please vote for Luke's English Podcast in the British, uh, the British Podcast Awards. No, not the British Pod. There is no, there's no such thing as the British Podcast Awards. The British Podcast Awards uh, dot com slash vote. Uh, please vote for the podcast and let's make history. Okay. 
Still before we start, I just want to mention um, Luke's English Podcast Premium, which is coming soon. And LEP Premium is all about me making Luke's English Podcast work as a proper service beyond it being just a free podcast. It's going to continue being a free podcast, but uh, by launching the premium thing, I'm going to add a, a new sort of um, uh, an extension to the podcast, which hopefully is going to sort of make this a much more viable thing rather than me just doing the whole thing for free. Now, you might be wondering when Luke's English Podcast Premium is going to arrive, when it's going to drop, as you might say, uh, if you're trying to sound cool, because that's how you talk about when music is released, new music, like when's the new album going to drop? Um if you want to sound cool. Otherwise, you could just say, when's it going to come out or when's it going to be released or when's it going to um, arrive? So you might be wondering when this is going to arrive. I've, I've had a couple of questions about it recently. People saying, when's the premium thing going to happen? App users, Luke's English Podcast app users might have noticed that a little premium sign-in option has appeared in the settings menu of your app. But I mean, it, it's, it, it won't do anything because you don't have any you don't have a, a registration page yet. Um, now, I'm not going to talk about it at length here uh, because I want to get on with things, but it's in the pipeline, like I said before. Essentially, the premium subscription, when it does arrive soon, over the coming weeks, will be a way for you to support Luke's English Podcast with a monthly or annual subscription while allowing me to deliver more language and teaching-oriented content to my subscribers and episodes will be specifically about teaching you language rather than the diverse topics, conversations and rambling that you get in normal episodes like this. So it, it won't be all about rambling, it'll be getting to the point. And that will be direct to your phone or your computer. Um, I'm doing the premium service using a platform provided by my host, Libsyn. That's the Liberated Syndicate. That's the biggest podcast host in the world. And they've basically finished setting up my platform now. And I'm going to produce some premium content before launching it properly, probably later on this month. I'm calling it premium content because that's what Libsyn call it. They, they're calling it premium stuff. So I, I kind of have to call it premium too in order to make it sort of, um, you know, make sense. Honestly, I've always tried to make all of my content premium. Um, but there it is. In any case, I will, as ever, try to try my best to make the content as good and useful as possible. But with these premium episodes, the plan is to really get down to the business of language teaching. There will be fun and all that kind of stuff too, like in the examples that I can improvise to demonstrate the language I'm teaching. But the focus will be on the language primarily. And I think that uh, that will go really well with the normal episodes of the podcast, which provide you not just with commentary about language and teaching, but also just, you know, hopefully engaging content to listen to. In many cases, uh, the premium episodes will be a close-up look at the language which has actually come up naturally in episodes. Anyway, that's enough about it for now. The, the premium content will arrive soon. Uh, it's taking a while to set up. I've got to st I've got to now start producing the content. I've got it planned, but you know, it's just taking time. So if you've been wondering where it is, it's coming soon. Now then, right. So first thing I wanted to talk about was about pronunciation debates. And um, here's a language question from Benedict from Austria, now living in Switzerland. 
So it starts with a language question. And normally I would leave this for a language episode, like the sort of thing that you would get in the premium stuff that I just mentioned. But I will deal with it here anyway. Um, So Benedict from Austria, living in Switzerland, would like to know about the difference between either and either. Either or either. How do you pronounce them? Are they the same word? Are there some times when you say it one way or the other way? For example, either we stay or we go which is like two different options, stay or go, or I haven't done it either, which is for like other uses. Okay, so Benedict is like, what's the difference between uh, either and either? Are they different words? How do you actually pronounce them? Are there cases in which you say it this way and sometimes say it that way? Is there a difference in meaning? Okay, right. So Benedict, here's my response. Well, first of all, either and either, uh, they're both correct. It's the same word, same exact thing. Not different words, no difference in meaning. Absolutely no difference in meaning. They're just pronounced in uh, in slightly different... It's just two ways of saying the same thing. Either and either. There's no difference, okay, in terms of what those words mean and how they are used. It doesn't change depending on the situation. It's exactly the same word with just two possible pronunciations. Everyone will understand you however you say it. Either or either, okay? Now, some people say that either is more British, okay, and that either is more American. That's what some people will say. But um, I, I often say either. But honestly, thinking about it, I reckon I also say either too. And I'm like really, really British. So I'm really British. And I think that I often say either as well. So Uh, You know, I don't think it's especially British to say either, because I often say either, and so do many of my friends. In fact, thinking about it, I probably say either just as often as I say either. Okay, often. Yes, I say often, not necessarily often. And that's another one. Often and often is another case, which I think we're going to come back to. So, Back to either and either. I think it's also possible for one person, an individual, to say both either and either in, in you know on a daily basis. And there's no rhyme or reason why it comes out one way or the other way. It's I don't think it's I don't think it's a question of like um whether it's pronounced a certain way in connection with other words, like whether other words affect the way you say either or either. I don't think it's that. Uh, so there you go, Benedict. It's basically the same thing. I just It's not really worth worrying about. It's just a kind of weird thing that sometimes we say either, sometimes we say either. And, and if you're wondering, ladies and gents, yes, this also applies to neither and neither. It's a very common issue. English is a very diverse language, and there are some words that culturally we pronounce differently, for example, American and British English, or smaller regions like areas of the UK. And sometimes these are even at an individual level. Some individuals might say either, whereas others say either. It's really no big deal. Um, There are other examples. I um, I mentioned neither and neither. We also have uh, potato. So that's how I say potato. Um, 
but there are also there are many different ways of saying potato but really that's that's a question of accent as much as anything so you might find that some people just say potato differently but i mean just in the same way that you would say many many words differently depending on the accent that you have but i'm picking the word potato for a reason which i'll come back to uh same thing about tomato well in the uk we'd say tomato and in the usa they'd probably say tomato so tomato and tomato uh potato how else could you say that potato i don't know i don't think i've ever heard anyone say potato I'm saying that I'm using the potato potato example because it's in a famous song, which I'm going to play to you in a minute. Often. So is it often or often? Well, I think there's no difference. Again, it's just that there are two ways of doing it. You know, you might if you search around and you, uh, you know, do lots of Googling, you might see that some people think that often is perhaps the original version that often is the is is you know considered the original more correct version but you know saying often with a t sound that's fine as well in my opinion they're both the same and there's no big distinction and it's not worth worrying about often sometimes often other times i always say often so if you want to just go with what i do i say often um, another one is uh, the month of the year february i say february so january february february January, 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 okay, February or February. There is often disagreement about this word. Uh, And some people believe it should be pronounced fully with February. Can you hear the R in there? February, February. But that's a bit of a mouthful. February. It's a mouthful. I think that probably most people, certainly in Britain, when they say that word quickly, they actually make it three syllables. February. February. But you might hear some people saying February. February. But really, I mean, that's... I, I can't imagine someone, like, really making an effort to say February. 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 It's just really difficult to say. So February is fine. Um, There are obviously loads of other examples of these sorts of things from British and American English, like uh, the word schedule or schedule. Um, In the UK, we say schedule generally, and in American English, it's schedule. But you hear more and more British people saying schedule, and that makes some other British people a bit annoyed because they're like, it's not schedule, it's schedule. And then people say, but... Why is it why is it schedule? We don't say we, we say school, right? That's S C H. We say school, but we don't say shul. There aren't really any other words spelt S C H that are pronounced sh, are there? So it doesn't really make sense that we in Britain say schedule, but there it is. That's just what we do. Because we're British and because Brexit and <laughs> and uh, cups of tea and the Queen and schedule, okay? Because we're British. We're not American. Anyway, schedule schedule although many british people say schedule more and more because they're influenced by american english is that is there anything wrong with that Uh, i don't know you also get situations where the word stress seems debatable or people get the word stress wrong and sometimes this is just british people saying words with american word stress and then other british people get really pissed off like for example well my parents they often express their 
uh, irritation at hearing people pronouncing certain words in ways that they consider to be wrong. I mean, I asked them about it, actually, because they, they, they talk about it so much that um, I texted my family and said, give me some examples of those words that you find annoying. You know, when you hear people pronouncing things wrong, give me some examples of those things. And some of the things that they sent me were the word um, harassment, harassment, like, for example, sexual harassment. Um, in the UK, it's pronounced, it should be apparently pronounced uh, with emphasis on the first syllable, harassment. And in the US, it's harassment, okay, sexual harassment in the workplace. But I mean, you know, you hear the word pronounced with the emphasis on the second syllable so much, um, sexual harassment, that many people now in the UK, large numbers of people say harassment. I think I would, I would have said harassment, which is the sort of thing that my parents would get annoyed by. But I think that a lot of people in my generation would say harassment. I think it's, I think it's not that bad, really. I mean, it's not like um, I've, it's not like I, I, I've chosen to, to start playing baseball and to drink Coca Cola for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or uh, you know, yeah, you know what I mean. It's not that bad. Uh, another one is uh, controversy, which is the noun for the word controversial. You know the word controversial. It was a very controversial decision. Um, so controversial and the, the noun is, uh, traditionally in British English, it's supposed to be controversy with the stress on the second syllable controversy. Whereas in the United States, the standard way of saying it is with the stress on the first syllable. So that's controversy. Uh, but you find more and more that, uh, British people, uh, say controversy like the americans and many other british people hear that and they get really annoyed and that's in fact one of the words that was listed by my parents um when i asked them to to give me some examples of of words that annoy them when they hear them being pronounced wrong so uh when my my parents hear controversy and it's not just my parents you know lots of brits um find that annoying and they you know they go it's not controversy it's controversy that's the proper way of doing it if you look on the Cambridge Dictionary website, they list this uh, with uh, the American pronunciation like this. Controversy. Controversy with the uh, stress on the first syllable. And in the UK, controversy. I mean, the Cambridge Dictionary's version is... Controversy. There it is. Stress on the first syllable, but um, I sometimes have uh, conversations with my parents around the dinner table, and they say, it shouldn't be controversy, it should be controversy. All right. People get quite sort of annoyed and irritated by these things. It just shows that language is sort of very important in terms of cultural identity. And um, we're very, our cultural identity is very much wrapped up in subtle uses of language, even just what could be fairly minor differences in the way that a word is pronounced, like the whether the stress is on the first or second syllable, and it kind of grates on you. I mean, grates like G-R-A-T-E-S, like the way you grate cheese. Uh, it grates. I mean, it kind of rubs you up the wrong way when you... Well, it rubs some people up the wrong way when they hear a word being pronounced in a way that's not, the, in their mind, the standard version in, certainly in a way that they think is maybe a sort of a bastardization of the word. Yeah, um, another example. Let's see. 
vulnerable or vulnerable. Vulnerable or vulnerable. Now, my mum insists that the word is only pronounced with the L. So, vulnerable. V-U-L-N-E-R-A-B-L-E. Vulnerable. My mum insists that you have to pronounce the L in the word. Uh, what does the word mean, you might be thinking? Okay, I better give you an example. If you're vul- vulnerable or vulnerable, it means you're exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. So you're in an exposed position. For example, you know, in a, in a physical sense, if you're in a battle and your, your battleship is in, a, uh, is, is in a particular position where they're, you know, it's, it's not defended by any other ships, you could say the ship is vulnerable and it's open to attack. We better move into a safer position because we're very vulnerable here. Um, that's sort of physically. Emotionally, you might be feeling vulnerable if you, let's say, you've just, um, you've just come out of a of a really bad uh, emotional experience, like you've just broken up with a boyfriend or girlfriend and you're feeling very sensitive and you just, you know, you don't want to get into another relationship for a while because you're scared that you might get hurt. In fact, you feel so emotionally raw that you feel, uh, you know, you could say that you're feeling very vulnerable at the moment and you just, you know, want to take some time to just, uh, you know, uh, get back to normal again. If you're vulnerable, it means you, n- you need a bit of care or protection or something like that. Um, okay, so that's what the word means. But is it vulnerable, vulnerable or vulnerable? Again, my mum says it's only pronounced with the L, vulnerable. But checking the Cambridge Dictionary, they say that both are okay. So that you can say vulnerable or vulnerable. It's when you think about it, it's not really a, a very big deal, is it? But many native English speakers get really annoyed by this kind of stuff. Um, then we've got the word mischievous. Mischievous. So this comes from the word mischief. Mischief is like bad behavior. Um, or um, let's see, it's kind of like doing it's 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 misbehavior doing bad things, uh, naughty behaviour, bad behaviour. Um, and it's usually not that serious. Typically, it's the sort of thing that children do. So, you know, what's what, you know, what the kid's been doing, getting up to mischief. Um, so, I don't know, like for an example of when I, was a, when I was a little child, I remember I was involved in a bit of mischief here and there. For example, I remember once um, with a friend of mine when I was about five years old, we discovered in his back garden that there was a, a fence. Uh, it was his neighbour's fence. And we discovered that the wood in the fence was like really easy to break. We, you know, you just kick the, the wood and it would snap really easily. And so we spent a good probably, I felt like the whole afternoon, smashing the fence to pieces. We just completely destroyed it. And we didn't really know we were doing anything wrong. I mean... I, I don't know, maybe we f- there was a slight sense of excitement of like, hee hee hee, we're doing something naughty, smashing this fence to pieces. But, you know, this vague sense that we were doing something wrong. But it turned out that, I mean, it was a really bad thing. We just dis- we vandalised someone's fence without really realising we- what we were doing. But that's an example of mischief, you know, like doing bad things, behaving badly, um, throwing food, that's mischief. Or maybe... Um, Picking on other kids, like when when older children maybe pick on their younger brother or sister, 
that like lying to them or tricking them or something that's an example of mischief so mischief is the um is the noun but the um the adjective is mischievous so like a mischievous child and it's apparently the correct pronunciation of it is mischievous but you might often hear people saying mischievous mischievous because that's how the word looks we also say mischief so people assume it's mischievous because it sounds like the word mischief and it looks like the way mischievous uh, or mischievous is spelt i mean you can forgive native speakers for pronouncing some words wrong especially when the spelling is so um you know uh, misleading anyway miss it should be pronounced mischievous uh, but many people say mischievous and that annoys people i, I mean it annoys my dad uh, he was talking to me about it, uh, you know, just last week when uh, I was with him, and uh, that really irritates him. Uh, another example is, um, is it GIF or JIF? GIF or JIF? And I'm talking about those moving images which are easily shared on the internet. If you've ever been on, you know, if you're on Facebook or um, uh, like the comments section of a website, you'll see that people share uh, pictures which move, you know, uh, and they're called, like, what's, what is it? this mean it's graphics into graphics interchange format is what um gif or gif stands for but like no one can agree on whether it's pronounced gif or gif like what do you think what do you think is it gif or gif you think it's gif you think it's gif what about you gif okay what about what about you what do you think gif okay you're so gif you're gif and you gif gif you're all GIF. All of these people over here are GIF, okay? And and uh, how about you over there? GIF, yes, GIF, and your and your wife GIF as well, okay? Um, and guys over there, GIF, GIF, you're all GIF, okay? You see, no one. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Calm down, calm down. Don't. No, 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 no violence. Security, security. We need to just. There's a bit of an argument breaking out over there. No, no punching, no blasters. Okay. Just get that sorted out. The, the, the GIF and JIF argument is um, uh, a problem in society today. Definitely, as you can see already from from what's going on over there. Good, good security dealing with it. Do they have to? Do they have to punch the people? Is that? Is that? Don't tase them. Tasers are not. That's not necessary. Oh, that's uh, that's just ugly. That's. Oh dear. Anyway, um, so GIF or JIF. Uh, this is something I found on a website called 11points.com. And it goes like this. The internet had come to a decent consensus on the pronunciation of GIF or JIF, which is remarkable, of course, since the internet has never come to a consensus on anything. And everyone was cool. This is in the past. Everyone was cool with the hard G pronunciation of GIF. It sounded better. It wouldn't lead to confusion. Um and um and it was it was logical uh and since gif stands for graphics interchange format and g um you know has a is a g sound so gif it makes sense it made sense and that's where the debate should have ended so i don't know how many years ago this was but it seems the internet community originally decided it was gif and that's the end of the matter but then earlier this year the man uh who invented the gif format for CompuServe, a company called Steve uh, Wilhite. 
He talked, and he said with conviction, the Oxford English Dictionary accepts both uh, pronunciations. They're wrong. It's a soft G, pronounced jif. End of story. So the guy who invented the gif or the jif disagreed with everyone and said, it's only jif. And if you're saying gif, you're wrong. And you need to go home and have a long, hard look at yourself. Um, So... There you go. According to the guy who invented it, it's GIF. According to the internet a few years ago, they were all like, all right, it's GIF. Can we just say it's GIF? Because it's like graphics internet, uh, graphics interchange format. So GIF, right? Uh, and so the debate now is just going raging, raging. I don't think it's raging exactly, but uh, the, the debate continues. And you can divide people into two, maybe three camps. The, two, the three camps, camp one is people who say GIF. Camp two is people who say GIF. And camp three is people who don't know what a GIF or GIF is. And they're just like, what What are you talking? I don't know what anyone's talking about. Is there, there, is there cake? Um, so anyway, so I, I wonder what you say, GIF or GIF? I've always said GIF myself. But I kind of, since looking at this stuff, I've kind of started to think, well, maybe GIF because graphics, maybe it should be GIF. Anyway, the debate continues. Um, going back to either... And either, neither, neither, tomato, tomato, potato, and potato. But no, I don't think anyone says potato. Potato, 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 potato. There are lots of ways of saying potato. In the UK, you might hear a cockney say potato. Have you got any more potato? Potato in Birmingham. Yeah, all right, I'd love some potato. Potato, potato. Liverpool, all right, I've got it. Have you got any more potato? Uh, in Newcastle. Why I'm out of love a nice nice potato potato. So there are different ways of saying potato depending on your accent. So anyway, going back to either, either, neither, neither, and, and this whole subject, there is a famous song about this, which comes from back in the 1930s. The song, I don't know if you've ever heard it, comes from a film from 1937, which starred um the superstar movie stars from the from the 30s fred astaire and ginger rogers who were huge stars uh they they um were in lots of musical uh films that included lots of dancing they were amazing dancers both of them i mean just beautiful uh, dance choreography that they did it was just wonderful to see but uh the film shall we dance featured this song which now is very famous, like, um, you know, people know it very, very well, because it's all about this issue of uh, the fact that sometimes we just can't agree on how to say certain words. And so I'm just going to play you a little bit of it. Before I play it to you, I'm just going to read through some of the lyrics. So um, the, the the lyrics, the, generally the song is about uh, a couple who have come to a point in their relationship uh, where um, their romance has kind of um, has gone flat, okay. The romance has gone flat, and they and they and they they're just noticing the differences that they have with each other, uh, but the differences they have between each other. I mean, and um, and then they start singing this song, and the lyric the lyrics go like this: Things have come to a pretty pass. If something comes to a pass, it means it happens or um, a certain situation happens. So things have come to a pretty pass or we've, we've, we, we've come to a certain situation. Our romance is growing flat. For you, uh, for you like this and the other, while I go for this and that. You've got this and the other, but I go for this and that. Goodness knows what the end will be. 
Oh, I don't know where I'm at. It looks as if we two will never be one. Something must be done. And then the song goes, you say either and I say either. You say neither and I say neither. Either, either, neither, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. To call something off means to just cancel it. You like potato, I like potato. You like tomato and I like tomato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. Okay, so let me play that song to you just so that you're aware of it and that uh, whenever this debate comes up in the future, then you can think of this song because that's what this is all about. Gosh, I can't keep this up much longer. I haven't been on skates since I was a kid. I haven't been on skates since I was a kid. They're, they've been roller skating. I can't keep this up much longer. I mean, I can't keep doing this for much longer. I haven't been on skates since I was a kid, meaning uh, this is the first time he's used roller skates since he was a child. Let's go back to that. Gosh, I can't keep this up much longer. I haven't been on skates since I was a kid. Well, it was your idea. Yeah. How much longer do we have to stay out here? All the reporters will probably leave by dark. I don't know what to do. I don't either. The word is either. All right. The word is either. No use squabbling. That'll get neither of us any place. There's no use squabbling. Squabbling means arguing or, you know, arguing over petty or unimportant things. Uh, I don't know what to do either and she says the word is either and he goes okay the word is either there's there's no use squabbling meaning there's no point in having a petty argument about it that will get what is it does he say that will get neither of us anywhere or that will get neither of us anywhere the word is either no use squabbling that'll get neither of us any place the word is neither things have come to a pretty pass our romance is growing flat Cause you like this and the other While I go for this and that Goodness knows what the end will be Oh, I don't know where I'm at It's plain to see We two will never make one Something must be done You say either and I say either You say neither and I say neither Either, either, neither Neither, let's call the whole thing off. You like potato, and I like potato. You like tomato, and I like tomato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Oh, let's call the whole thing off. But oh, if we call the whole thing off, then we must part. And oh, if we apart, then that might break my heart. So if you like pajamas and I like pajamas, I'll wear pajamas and give up pajamas. For we know we need each other, so we better call the calling off. Oh, let's call the whole thing off. Okay, so there you go. Either, either, neither, neither. Let's just call the whole thing off. Okay. Now, in most of those cases, both words are probably right, but but perhaps with some regional differences. You know, like um, tom- t- tomato, tomato is like an American way of saying it. And tomato is how we say it in the UK. Uh, but then there are examples of words that some people say differently, but are generally considered wrong and worth watching out for. 
And these are the ones that will definitely annoy people. I, men- I mentioned before when, you know, British people do Americanisms like saying uh, controversy and, uh, and uh, harassment, and that annoys some people. But here we're going to look at some examples of things that are basically wrong and that really annoy people. And these are things that are often done by native English speakers. So, you know, to, to be honest, I think if you are a um, non-native speaker, then you'll probably be forgiven for making um, any pronunciation mistakes, to be honest. I mean, the, the, you know, the rules are slightly different. If, if people realise that uh, you, you are a learner of the language, then, you know, people generally are a lot more forgiving because uh, generally when... For example, you are speaking English to a native speaker. If they're a nice person, they will probably just be really flattered and really impressed that you're learning the language. And generally, when you talk to an English person, uh, if you're if English is not your first language and you're obviously making an effort, English people are just very nice. They're like, "Oh wow, your your English is so much better than my French, or your English is so much better than my Japanese." You know, just so people are very supportive and a lot more forgiving when it comes to learners of English. But when it's another native speaker of English, they can be very sort of judgmental about it. Maybe not to their face because that would be rude, but uh, but later on when they're with their friends or family or something, they might. Um, share the opinion that it's very annoying and frustrating when people pronounce things wrong. Um, So, uh, yeah, the biggest crime is when a British person says these things and another British person hears it and then their blood pressure rises and they, uh, they then complain about it later with their friends. Here are some examples. So the word pronunciation, okay, pronunciation uh, is the noun. You pronounce words, but the noun is pronounced pronunciation. And um, people sometimes will say pronunciation, but technically that is wrong. It should be pronunciation. Um, also, uh, uh, the letter H. So A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Now, H, the letter, is pronounced without an H in it. So it's H, not H. Um, now, yeah, so H, did you get that? H. So some people say H. Like, uh, how do you spell hospital? Well, it's H-O-S-P-T-I-L. It's not how you spell hospital. What are you talking about, Luke? H-O-S-P-I-T-A-L. Excuse me. That's how you spell hospital. Some people will say H-O-S-P-I-T-L. And that annoys some other uh, native speakers because they say, well, it's not, it's not H, it's H. There's no, there's no letter H in the word H. Uh-huh. There's also the word nuclear, like nuclear weapons, nuclear power, nuclear, which is pr- pronounced nuclear, nuclear. But lots of people will say nuclear, 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 nuclear weapons or nuclear power. And that's wrong. It should be nuclear, like clear, like clear pronunciation, nuclear, nuclear. Uh, but you might hear people saying nuclear and other people get annoyed by that and they think it makes them look stupid. Uh, what about um, etc. E-T-C. You know, you know, blah, 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 etc. Well, it should be pronounced et cetera, et cetera. But you might hear people saying ex, cetera, like with a K, with a K. So it's not etc. Should be pronounced etc. with a T.
Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is that kind of coffee, you know, like a uh, little short, um, powerful coffee that you might get. It's an Italian type of coffee. It's espresso. Espresso, not espresso. So a lot of people pronounce it with a with a K, ek, like express, espresso. It's actually not an espresso. It's an espresso. So it's an S, not a K. Espresso, not espresso. Um, when you go to the doctor and they they give you uh, a, a piece of paper that you can you can take to the pharmacy in order to get some medicine. What's that paper called? It's called a prescription. Prescription. Okay, pr with a r sound. Pr prescription. Pr prescription. Um, some people say, uh, what is it? Prescription. It's not that bad a crime. It's not a huge crime, is it really? But some people say that prescription. It should be prescript prescription, not prescription. Others like the word specific. Specific. Uh, you might hear some people saying Pacific, like the Pacific Ocean. Pacifically or Pacific, to be Pacific or Pacifically, but no, it's not Pacific or Pacifically. It's specific or specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arctic, the Arctic, you know, in the in the north, the Arctic Circle in the in the northern hemisphere, uh, the Arctic. So Arc, it's got a k in it. Arctic. Uh, two k sounds, Arctic, and some people say Arctic, so they miss out the first k sound. Arctic, the you know, uh, in the Arctic, and uh, it should be Arctic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the word ask? Like ask a question. Well, some people say ask, ask a question. Can I ask you a question? Ask. Now that one has got sort of, I think, some ethnic or racial connotations to it, ish. I think maybe it's to an extent associated with a with a certain community, but I'm not sure uh, really about that one. But uh, you might hear some people say "ask," but it should be pronounced "ask," "ask." Okay, and that's the sort of thing that does irritate people when they hear someone say, "Can I ask you a question?" It should be, "Can I ask you a question?" Now, some people, as I've said already several times, get very upset about this. Maybe a little bit too much. Maybe people who get annoyed by these things are a little bit uptight or maybe they're very particular on one hand. Maybe they've got a point and it's perfectly reasonable to be frustrated with uh, other, you know, what they perceive to be, you know, uh, misuse of language or poor pronunciation or something. I don't really know where I stand on it. I think as an English teacher, I'm a bit more tolerant of sort of, uh, let's call it language mistakes or sort of diverse types of pronunciation. It doesn't bother me that much, but um, it it can be very annoying for lots of people. And uh, in fact, I'm going to play you a sketch now. This is a sketch that came from a comedy TV show that was on the BBC. And um, the sketch is from a show called That Mitchell and Webb Look, uh, which was a show featuring comedians David Mitchell and Webb. What was his name? Webb, 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 Webb. Robert Webb and David Mitchell, okay. They, they're the guys from Peep Show. If you've ever seen Peep Show, very funny sitcom, which you should watch. Anyway, they also did a sketch show, and uh, in that sketch show, uh, they did this one. And it's all about a grammar Nazi. Now, if you are someone who is very uptight and particular about grammar, and you have a very strict 
attitude about grammar, other people might call you a grammar Nazi, okay? Uh, which is obviously a, a pejorative thing to say. And this sketch is all about a grammar Nazi. And it takes place in a, like some sort of business meeting in an office somewhere. And so a guy has just finished doing a presentation and he uh, makes a, a pronunciation mistake. And the grammar Nazi, who is just a guy in the office in a suit, corrects him on the pronunciation he's mis- a pronunciation mistake he's made and then he shoots him he assassinates him with a gun and then what follows is a sort of an argument in which uh, the guy shoots lots of other people because they keep making uh, pronunciation mistakes or maybe grammar mistakes or something um, so let's see how much of this you can understand and also which specific uh, language errors or um, pronunciation errors uh, you can notice being mentioned here Okay. Which means a better outcome for everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my presentation on the Healthy Homes and Hospitals program, or HHH. <laughs> Any questions? How did you say your acronym again? It's HHH. <laughs> Thought so. It's pronounced H, not H. H. You can't shoot him just for that. I just did. Anyway, it's my company. I can do what I like. We all signed the No Bullying in the Workplace pledge, which specifically bans physical violence. What did you say? I said it specifically bans physical violence. It's specifically, with an S, specifically. Bloody hell, Tony. Will you stop shooting people for saying things wrong? You. What are you drinking? Coffee. What type? It's an espresso. (laughs) The word is espresso. (laughs) Stop it, Tony. Oh, come on, Luke. You know very well I killed my own wife for ironically saying mispronunciation. If I apply rigorous standards at home, I see no reason why the same standards shouldn't apply in the workplace. Why do you have to shoot them? Why can't you just sack them? I never thought of that. Yes, I, I suppose I could. It's just the red mist tends to descend whenever I'm confronted with ignorami. Actually, Tony, I think you'll find it's ignoramuses. What? It's from the Latin, we are ignorant. That makes it a verb, not a noun. Oh, no. What have I done? Blimey. At least that'll stop him shooting whoever he likes. It's whomever. Okay, did you manage to pick them all up? Now, okay, I'm going to have to go through that again because there are probably little bits of English that um, are worth uh, clarifying in there. But we had what? um, HHH instead of what should be HHH, to be fair. Uh, Pacifically, um, and it should be specifically. Uh, Expresso, when it should be Espresso. And also, he made a very, very um, specific error about the word... An ignoramus is a person who's ignorant, okay? An ignoramus is an ignorant person. What's the plural of ignoramus? Now, that's a really difficult one because it's related to Latin and that's very complicated. Most people would probably say ignoramuses. I think that's probably what most people say. But the guy in the video chose to say ignorami, 
which if you have a basic knowledge of Latin could, you know, it could sound like the right one, but actually it turns out that it is ignoramuses. Uh, it's very complicated. Don't worry about that. It's all relating to Latin roots of English. Um, and so he said ignorami was corrected by the other guy who said, actually, I think you'll find it's ignoramuses because it's, it's wrong. We are ignorant. So it's a verb. So it's ignoramuses. Um, and and the, the, the grammar arts, he goes, oh, my God, what have I done? And he shoots himself. And then um, finally, the, the, the last remaining guy says, well, at least that will stop him shooting whoever he wants. And then the grammar arts, he's not quite dead. He's on the floor. And he goes, it's whomever, not whoever. And he shoots him. Whoever, not whomever. Whom should, is technically the object pronoun. Um, so it'll stop him shooting whomever. Because stop him shooting uh, someone that would be the object and whom is the technically the object pronoun although to be honest these days it's perfectly acceptable to say who or whoever as the object of a sentence all right but anyway let's go through the video again and just i'd like you to try and uh sort of identify specifically what's being saying said here not specifically specifically what's being said uh here in each line which means a better outcome for everyone which means a better outcome for everyone. That's the end of the presentation at the beginning of the sketch. I'm going to play a little bit, pause it, see if you can identify what's being said. I'm, not, I'm then going to repeat it, and you can check that you've got it right. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my presentation on the Healthy Homes and Hospitals programme. Ladies and gentlemen, that... What was it? Ladies and gentlemen? Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my presentation... Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my presentation on the... Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my presentation on the Healthy Homes and Hospitals Programme, or... H, H, H. <laughs> Any questions? How do you say your acronym again? What? How do you say your acronym again? Check out the intonation on that one. How do you say your acronym again? How do you say your, this is where I sound like Michael Caine, how do you say your acronym again? An acronym, that's like BBC, that's an acronym, British Broadcasting Corporation. Okay, L-E-P, Luke's English Podcast. These are acronyms. How do you say your acronym again? A-C-R-O-N. I can't spell without writing it down. What's wrong with me? Acronym. A. Hold on a minute. A C R O N Y M. That's an acronym. He says, How do you spell your acronym again? How do you spell your acronym again? How do you say your acronym again? Sorry. How do you say your acronym again? Not spell. Can you say that? How do you say your acronym again? It's H H H. Thought so. Yeah, thought so, meaning I thought so. Bloody hell! Bloody hell! Bloody hell, which is like, oh my god, it's a bit rude, but it's not, I mean, it's not really that rude. It's not, it's in terms of its rudeness level, I'd give it a one star rating out of about seven stars. It's about a one-star rating. Bloody hell, not very rude. It probably maybe fifty years ago it was it was quite shocking, but nowadays no big deal at all. Bloody hell, which is like shock. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. 
shot Ian. You just shot Ian. You just shot Ian. It's pronounced H, not H. H. You can't shoot him just for that. You can't shoot him just for that. I just did. I just did. Anyway, it's my company. I can do what I like. Anyway, it's my company. I can do what I like. Anyway, it's my company. I can do what I like. You can't shoot him just for that. I just did. Anyway, it's my company. I can do what I like. 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 Anyway, it's my company. I can do what I like. We all signed the no bullying in the workplace pledge. Which we all signed a no bullying in the workplace pledge. A pledge is like a promise, and if you sign it, it's like you promise to do something. In this case, the the pledge, the promise that they signed was no bullying in the workplace. Bullying is when people uh, pick on other people. They it's like abuse, maybe verbal abuse or uh, sort of mental abuse. So bullying people might be uh, making fun of the uh, of people or making life really difficult. It's a form of sort of uh, behavioural abuse or mental abuse. No bullying in the workplace. We all signed the No Bullying in the Workplace Pledge, which specifically bans physical violence. It's my company. I can do what I like. We all signed the No Bullying in the Workplace Pledge, which specifically bans physical violence. What did you say? I said it specifically bans physical violence. It's specifically, with an S, specifically. (laughs) Bloody hell, Tony. Bloody hell, Tony. So British sounding, isn't it? Bloody hell, Tony. I don't think they would say that in America. It sounds so British. Like, what would they say in America? Oh my God, Tony. Bloody hell, Tony. Bloody hell, Tony, will you stop shooting people for saying things wrong? Will you stop shooting people for saying things wrong? So, will you stop shooting people for saying things wrong? It's a bit like saying, please stop shooting people, or just stop shooting people for saying things wrong. Will you stop shooting people for saying things wrong? You, what are you drinking? Coffee. What are you drinking? Coffee. What type? It's an espresso. The word is espresso. Stop it, Tony. <laughs> Stop it, Tony. I like the way he's he's like talking to him as if he's just a naughty child, like a mischievous child. Oh, stop it. Will you stop shooting people? It's like what you would say to someone who's doing something that's not that serious. Maybe someone who's being rude, just saying rude comments. Will you stop insulting people, Tony? Will you stop raising your voice? Uh... And, but in this case, oh, bloody hell, Tony, will you stop shooting people? The word is espresso. Stop it, Tony. Oh, come on, Luke, you know very well I killed my own wife for ironically saying mispronunciation. Oh. Oh, come on, Luke, you know. Oh, come on, Luke. So the guy's name is Luke, apparently. Oh, come on, Luke. The word is espresso. Stop it, Tony. Oh, come on, Luke. You know. Oh, come on, Luke. You know that I deliberately killed my wife for mispronounce what was it you know very well i killed my own wife you know very well you know very well i killed my own wife why for ironically saying mispronunciation 
for ironically saying mispronunciation. So his wife apparently said mispronunciation. It should be mispronunciation, as we established earlier. But she even said it ironically, like she didn't even mean it. So she was like saying, oh, well, Tony, uh, I suppose you'll get annoyed by me saying a word like mispronunciation next, like saying it ironically. And he killed her for that. So the guy has clearly got some uh, very uh, specific standards and principles on this subject. Oh, come on, Luke, you know very well I killed my own wife for ironically saying mispronunciation. If I apply rigorous standards at home, I see no reason why the same standards shouldn't apply in a workplace. If I apply rigorous standards at home, he applies rigorous standards. If I apply rigorous standards at home, I see no reason why I shouldn't apply the same standards in the workplace. God, he sounds like a lot of fun. Why do you have to shoot them? Why can't you just sack them? Why can't you just sack them? To sack someone means to dismiss someone from work. You know, they have to leave their job and, and go home, right? So the job is finished. So to sack someone, to fire someone, to dismiss someone, uh, that means to send someone home because, you know, you're, you're telling them that they can't have their job anymore. You know, why do you have to keep shooting them? Why can't you just sack them? And he goes, oh, I hadn't thought of that. By the same standards, shouldn't apply in the workplace. Why do you have to shoot them? Why can't you just sack them? Oh, I, I never thought of that. I never thought of that. <laughs> yes, I, I suppose I could. I suppose I could. It's just the red mist tends to descend. The red mist tends to descend. The red mist, this is a, a, a metaphor for anger. We talk about the red mist descending. Uh, the red mist tends to descend when I'm confronted by ignorami, the red mist. So I get very angry, uh, like red mist coming down in front of your vision. You can imagine like getting really angry. The red mist tends to descend when I'm confronted by ignorami. So this means that he's not, he can't control his actions when he's confronted by uh, ignorant people, or as he says, ignorami, although it should be ignoramuses, as we'll find out. To descend whenever I'm confronted with ignorami. Confronted with ignoramai. Okay. Actually, Tony, I think you'll find it's ignoramuses. What? It's from the Latin, we are ignorant. That makes it a verb, not a noun. Oh, no. What have I done? So because he applies such rigorous standards, he's now obliged to, uh, to shoot himself as well. <laughs> Blimey. Blimey. There's another one. Bloody hell, or blimey. Blimey is, again, very common British slang, and it means actually means blind, like, God blind me. Uh, although I don't think people really think that when they're saying it. It's just a word that people use to mean, oh, my God. Blimey is like when you are shocked by something. Blimey. Like, uh, bloody hell, or blimey. At least that'll stop him shooting whoever he likes. At least that will stop him shooting whoever he likes. Uh-huh. It's whomever. Actually debatable whether it is whomever. I think uh, you can say whoever. Shooting whoever he likes I think is okay these days. All right, then. So there you go. That was the, uh, the Mitchell and Webb grammar Nazi sketch there. And you know what? We've got... That was the first question in my list. Remember, I went through a big list at the beginning. Uh, the list included things like, um, what was it? Uh, tricky pronunciation debates, arguments about words that people pronounce differently or pronounce wrong. That was the first thing on my list of things. And um, 
it's it took me an hour and 10 minutes to do it oh wonderful i've you know i never have trouble coming up with content apparently um the all the other things i'm at least now i've got this stuff ready so what i should do is um over the next episode or two i'll continue with my list and so um that's what you can hear coming up uh, on the podcast uh, soon so um in the next episodes I suppose it'll be episodes. You'll get some more stuff like some, some uh, you know, remember the other things? A useful Japanese cat, the meaning of yeah, right, the phrase yeah, right. How do you actually answer the question, how are you or how are you doing? Which is maybe more more complicated than you thought. Um, the complexities around doing, uh, like copying different accents in English, like whether it's acceptable for me to copy like, uh, for example, an Indian accent or a Chinese accent uh, or an American accent or whatever, you know, there's sort of complicated cultural politics around that. Um, um, more comments and questions from listeners, including the benefits of repeat listens to the podcast, uh, what the word podcast actually means, why you need to take extra care when you're listening to Luke's English podcast and some other bits and pieces too. Uh, but um, that's what you will probably hear in forthcoming episodes um, I expect over the next, uh, you know, the next few episodes, we'll probably deal with those things. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Let me remind you again to uh, vote for Luke's English podcast in the British Podcast Awards. Uh, the listener's choice category, go to britishpodcastawards.com slash vote and search for Luke's English podcast and then just click vote and Bob's your uncle. And if enough of you out there do this, then, you know, this could raise the profile of Luke's English podcast and uh, generally that will be good for the podcast and it'll make me feel very proud and hopefully make you feel proud too. So team LEP, let's see what we can do with this one. Thank you so much for listening. I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.